Welcome to the Kaibass Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up? Everybody, happy Monday. Welcome to KBN Live. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Ryan, how you doing, my man? I shouldn't ask that. I already know the answer to it because we talked a little bit before we came on. I'm surviving, Jeff. I'm really testing my testing my limitations this week, yeah. my friend. Ryan is he's here for the people. Otherwise, he might not be here if he didn't love you I'm so here, much, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have to tell anybody details, but Ryan's having a bad day or a bad few yeah. days, really. Yeah, I'm about to get my face amputated. Yeah, uh, but anyway, hey, it's KBN Live Monday night. We appreciate people sliding over here from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at. Uh, instead of watching the boring Monday night football game that's on, you're watching us talk about fishing. So here we are. It's uh, gonna be a fun Joe, one. Joe Kirk's got Joe Kirk's got fans in the in the comments already. Oh, we got Elizabeth Kirk in there. I'm assuming that's relation. She's ready to see Joe Kirk. Uh, I like it. Jesse, Ryan, David, everybody's in there. We got some YouTube folks folks sliding on. Appreciate y'all. Uh, and we're as you guys saw our guests, we got Joe Kirk, Kyle Long, two AOIs from from well established uh, large clubs. The one's near and dear to my heart, Natural State Kayak Anglers here in Arkansas, and then the Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers over there with Ryan. Yeah, uh, new series we're going to try to start. Start pulling in some AOIs as the big tournaments come to an end. Give some of these regional and local AOIs some love because it's freaking hard to win those things, man. I don't care where you're at. It's hard to win oh, those yeah. AOIs. I mean, we see it in our club. I don't. We haven't had one person win it twice in our club, and it seems like once you, once you win AOI – You'll win the classic, and then you'll never win anything big again in our class. It's like a curse. Like you just you shoot your shot. Well, that's probably true. I won our local club AOI a few years ago, and here I am, just in a dry spell for years. Your, your theory is correct. Um, but yeah, these, these guys can catch them. And there's a lot of guys. I don't know how much Joe travels. I know Kyle travels to some larger events. Some, not as much as other people, just because he's in that phase of life with young kids and things like that. But a lot of these anglers that win AOIs could compete anywhere with anybody on any water. They just don't. They don't get out and, and do it. They don't have the time or the the uh, wherewithal to do it quite yet. So it's cool. It's going to be cool to get some of them on here. Our, um, our AOIs consisted of Terry or Brad Golden, arguably on which one won that one because they tied <laughs> last year. Uh, Garrett Campbell, who who's won or you know cash checks in a couple national trails. A uh, kid named Jordan Marshall out of Marvel, Tennessee. He was a former AOI. I mean, uh, and myself, like we've got, we've got some guys that get out and get after it, but it's one of the cool things about these local clubs is you got the hammers that fish these lakes every day. And then you got the ones that take the show on the road and kind of mix it up with the, with the big competition too. Yeah. You guys are similar to Texas. You got some AOIs that, that do it on both the national and local level over there in Tennessee, Texas, same, same way. Uh, Arkansas could be the same. Like uh, Dwayne Beatty's won our AOI a couple times, and every time he does get out on the national scene, he seems to place place high. But Kyle G Money, G Money got a wall full of he's got yeah. a wall full of little local yeah, yeah. accreditations behind sure. him. He fishes down there in on the catalytic converter circuit down in central Arkansas. That's where he's at. So people posting about uh, about TOC dropouts. Uh, I may I may Ooh. sneak into this thing after all, man. Keep the Ooh. keep the hope alive. Yeah, we never know. What, what's up with that? I wonder. Is there always one or two every year? Usually, I'm going to argue. Yeah, there's all. I mean, Josh Stewart. I think he got the he got the final roll down spot the night before the TOC last year. Like he had to boogie on down there uh, to make the captains meeting. All right. Well, we'll get these guys in here in a minute. We always like to talk about the uh, current events, if you will, before we get our guests in. And we couldn't not start with the biggest current event of the of the last week, which is. Buddy. Lead-filled walleye cheeks. Lead-filled walleye. How about that, man? Uh, I got that thing sent to me 
at least 50 times in the last, in the last two days. Like people that don't fish, people that don't know anything about tournament fishing, they are shocked that people cheat. <laughs> like, like I am, I'm shocked that they caught them, to be honest. I think, I think if you actually knew how often people cheat in, in kayak events, in bass boat events, like you see fish barrels and stuff all the time. When that water drops, you see exactly how much bull crap goes on out there. So not, I'm not super shocked. I am super shocked at the level that they went to and that the dude was making that cocky ass YouTube video or whatever <laughs> Instagram update on the water beforehand. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. wonder why this, I mean, there's been cheaters that, to me, just as egregious as these guys, but they didn't get the national pub is because there's video of them slicing those fish open and throwing weights in a bucket. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's part of it. I think that also to these tournament directors that catch people doing shady stuff, burn them, burn them publicly. Look at the attention that it gets. Their names are done forever. Like that's not a thing you're going to have to Google that you might forget in a couple years. Like, on national news stations, they're burnt. They're done. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I made I a little like that approach. I made a little YouTube response video over on my YouTube <laughs> channel about it. And, it. and I brought up the kayak fishing cheaters that have happened over the years. And it's like, what are we going to do about this? You know, what are we going to do about this? Is there going to be prosecuted? Like, there was pictures of these guys with the police, but that wasn't there to arrest them. They, I think they were protecting them from getting beat up. I don't know if they've been arrested yet or if they're even going to get arrested. So, you know. How do how does the hammer come down on some of these people legally? Like I don't even know what happened to some of these other guys on the kayak side that got caught cheating legally. Uh, the, the only the only part I, I guess Kentucky old board cutter guy uh, he got he got some fines or had to you know pay back some things. I don't know what if anybody knows what happened to a tail cutter. I think he actually got some jail time out of that deal. Yeah, tail cutter. I don't. I never knew what happened to the the East Coast cat that did the. He was messing with the data itself, like the location data. Remember that guy out there in Maryland or something? I do, uh, and I mean, yeah. I know some people that have done that just for fun to see if they could change locations, just you know, manipulate the metadata or whatever, change the location of where the the pictures would show up. There's no, I mean, honestly, I I think I don't think a lot of us would tournament fish if you knew how much stuff would go on. There's a lot of pros that you know fail polygraphs break information rules all the time they just pay their fine and go on down the road i mean <laughs> i don't yeah. know man i don't know it seems like this sport kind of caters to to the gray area it seems like yeah and you know what that's something you've brought that up a bunch we've talked about it on here a bunch how to eliminate those gray areas and when we see something shady instead of just being like well it's probably okay we've got to start taking action sooner i think like when yeah, you put think soap in a shady. sock and just start whooping their ass, right? Something. There. I mean, you got to like dive into this and not just ignore it until it gets to this level. I mean, obviously yeah. these guys have been doing stuff for years. This isn't like they just decided one day to stuff fish full of fillets and weights. I mean, they've no, been doing the, shit I, stuff I guarantee years. that is definitely not their first rodeo. I, I bet money they knew exactly how big a <laughs> a weight a walleye could swallow there. That yeah. was not not uh, not an accident by any means. Wow! And how about going just going ahead and saying the hell with it and putting like pounds of weights in there, not ounces. Man, if you're gonna pounds, do it, do it. Just go on. Go ahead and get you a thirty bag. That's really yeah. a six a twenty bag or whatever it was. But anyway, crazy. Uh, I'll, we'll be following that, I'm sure. But for the love of God, everyone, stop sending that to us. Yeah, we, we all know about it by now. We know about it. We don't need uh, any more memes on the page either. Uh, we're full up on those. Uh, anybody listening? <laughs> yeah, I was informed. We yeah, I was, I was informed that the Jeffrey Dahmer meme could get us like tagged by Facebook for violence or something. But even though it was funny, but really, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if those we are alerts. everywhere. Is everybody getting busted on that stuff? Maybe. I don't know. He's not no, doing anything. Not, but just us, at the TV. probably. If Christine posted on our page, we'll get we'll get slapped on the wrist for sure. Yeah. Yeah, people don't know, but we're like one step away from being sent to like the gulag on our page from all the stuff. I think people do know. <laughs> I think that's why Sabotage. they keep posting it. Sabotage, those sons of guns. Um, oh, well. Let's see, what else happened? Oh, hey, Bailey. Bailey, hey. Uh, I always mispronounce his last name. Bailey took care of business in the Ike Classic over yeah, the Ike did. Foundation deal. He got uh, to go on, on Ike Live in yeah, studio he, last night. Yeah, my man was on Ike Live, so good on him. He'll be a contender down at the TOC. And, and that was a great event. The dugout was tied in with that, you know, put up some kayaks uh, for the winners. So shout out to everybody that participated in that. Uh, yeah. I heard, I heard 
they may make some interesting changes for next year. So we'll, we'll be sure to keep you informed on that, but this could be a bigger thing than what it has been. Really? Okay. Maybe we'll have uh, Mr. Charles back on to talk about it when the time comes. Indeed. Indeed. And the last thing I wanted to get talk about before we brought these guys on was the post that I saw today from the, uh, the Cole podcast. It's Dave Mercer and Matt Pangrak (laughs) about should a kayaker make the classic, Man. What the hell? That, that's just a couple of grifters trying to get on kayak fishing because they don't know shiz. Uh, clearly, that. or that that wouldn't even been a topic. Um, you know, we we kind of talked about this before we came on air. When you look at the investment that the guys make just to qualify for the classic, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's massive. I think if you and, and no offense to us as kayak anglers or whatever, but. You know, if you got some dude that that's qualified through fishing his his local club or you know one event in his state, and then just shows up and wins, you know, wins this thing, whether it's on his home water or he just happens to to luck into a wad of fish, you gonna throw that guy in the classic? Like, do you, you, do you think you think that's gonna even even balance out whatsoever? Are they gonna give him a boat? Like, how <laughs> how's that gonna play? Or does he have to fish it out of his kayak? That would be even better. Yeah, Pangrack on the uh, the little podcast said. They have torpedoes. They can go bruh, 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 and go bro. down the lake. That's bro. literally what he said. So, but we have to stay 150 feet from the bank. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but anyway, no. And and here's my thing on it is all the things they talked about, like college, high school, Bass Nation, the Opens. Those are all ways you can try to work your way into this. Yeah. But kayak fishing to me is not a step to the next thing. It's its own thing. It's like over I, here. I agree. I think it's a one or the other type deal. I think it's like if you got an off weekend from the from the powerboat world and you want to go jump in some kayak derbs, uh, I think the only and we we talked about this like I think you have to there's got to be some kind of gauntlet if you were ever going to offer anything like that. You know, like you got to win win AOY and the classic or you know the the national championship whatever you want to call it. But yeah. there's got it can't just be <laughs> jump into one event and then you you slide in the actual Bassmaster Classic. Just throw you the keys to a, that. to a 21 footer with a 250. You ain't never driven, drove a boat in your life. Rock and roll, baby. Hit the I mean, that's going to be uh just launching would be would be funny to watch that yeah. happen, I feel like. Yeah, put their put their black pack back there on the pedal where the yeah. pedestal seat is and rock and roll. Strap her down. Yeah. But have anyway. the rod sticking up. They don't even use the freaking rod tubes in the hole. Amen. Amen. That'd be slick. Be awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, we always want to talk about sponsors before we, we bring on the guests. Of course, Brian already mentioned dugout. Uh, they sponsored the Ike foundation classic and then they got anything going right now for the fall down there. Any special deals or anything? That Man, you know? we're moving boats. Come on and get you some. We we're right. trying to, we're trying to move some boats. We got a lot of, a lot of rods and reels stocked up. I was down there last Monday. We are fully stocked on the latest and greatest baits. Uh, Z-Man, Shimano, Rapala. They've all got all their new stuff out. So we are stocked up. Come on in and get in on that fall bite. Yeah. I was in a local bait establishment uh, after work today, and they said, getting ready for Pickwick, and they said they'll actually, supply chain problems should be resolved by next year, and they think they're going to be able to reorder and stay stocked up the whole year. So I'm sure Dugout with Jamie and his connections will be topped off at all times in 2023 as well. So good stuff. Good stuff there. And then, of course, we got Revo, uh, best lenses on earth. We've said it over and over and over again because it's true. You guys saw Terry Elkins just got his fresh pair, put it up on the mm-hmm. page the other day. Uh, Jeff Mallory is my name now. Uh, I'm yeah, I like Mallory. that. I like that. Mallory. Yeah, and then uh, Western Sun Vodka. We may have to get Ryan some Western Sun Vodka to help with his mouth. I can't. Oh, I can't. I'm on antibiotics. Oh, I'm preserving yeah. my liver for that's next true. week. That's true. Okay. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah, those are our sponsors. We appreciate them so much. Um, and then with that said, let's get these AOIs in here, man. They didn't grind let's all year it. to sit here in the let's do it. green room. Look at us. Bam, there they are. They fell in right underneath where they should be, Tennessee and Arkansas. Bam, bam, right That's there. Right. What's up, fellas? How are you? Fantastic. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, I think this is going to be a fun series talking to the ALYs from different clubs. And, of course, Ryan and I were playing a little bit of favorites, going with our own clubs first. Um, sure. Yeah, so good stuff. <laughs> I, like, I like your background there, Joe. State champion. You look like Woody from uh, around the horn with that thing right there. Question mark, so. It's yeah. especially the lamp. You want you won uh one state championship though, right? No. 
You're not, you're not <laughs> you any kind no. of state champion? <laughs> All right. AOI, then. Take that. Challenge series state champion? Online? Anything? You fish Kentucky Lake a lot, Joe? Uh, nope. Never had before in my life. So. Well, you're going to hate it. I'll go ahead and tell you. Yeah. And then we got Kyle Long over there from my local club, the club I actually yep. started back in the day, and he's now taking it to even greater heights, and now he's won the AOI there. So congrats, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It was a fun year. Yeah. And before we get into the fishing, what's wrong with your Sooners? Dude, they suck ass <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I've, oh, I've never man. been more confused about a college football team. They went from being looking like world beaters to looking like they couldn't compete in JV high school football. So When did they look like world beaters? I don't, I've missed all this. Yeah, you know, I mean, they win ten or eleven games every year for the past couple of decades. But hey, we're about, we're about to put the we're about to put them in a conference, pal. They're gonna get that sorted out real quick. Oh lord! <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, if they keep playing like this, they're gonna look like Tennessee has for the past decade or Arkansas right now. We're kind of you better you better Arkansas tweet me right now. Better tweet me right now, big dog. Screenshot it. They're yeah. gonna be terrible. Uh, uh. Oh well, yeah. let's talk about something else. Yeah, for real. I mean, how much would you charge to come organize my garage? <laughs> Me? Yeah, hell yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, well, pan around there, Kyle. I know for, this. This is all for show. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's actually a green screen. That's not even his garage. Yeah, no, this isn't it's my uh, garage. No, I'm actually at somebody else's house. I'm at Jeff's house. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, which way we want to go? Uh, Ryan, we're gonna go Tennessee or Arkansas first since Tennessee's ranked higher. Let's get Joe's story first. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, Joe's actually an Alabama fan, so you probably don't even want to give him any credit this week. Hey, hey, in the third quarter, you were sweating, Joe. Don't even act like I was, was, yeah. And then two minutes later, it was 49 to 20, so there was no big deal. (laughs) Sometimes you gotta switch QBs, keep it fresh. Yeah, first, I mean, I know Ryan's told us about. Tennessee Valley a few times, but tell us a little bit about your club and your background of getting into that club before we get into your season. Um, well, the club, uh, really, I joined about, it's been about a year, two years now, um, and I really didn't know what I was getting into. I wanted to fish, and I, I love kayak fishing, uh, and it's full of hammers. I mean, you don't realize it when you compare it to, like, most tournaments. But the fact that you can have guys go out Watts Bar and Gunnersville and just pull out you know, 20 plus inch fish religiously is just insane. And so having to look at the lake in a different perspective, figure out how to go from catching a 15 inch fish to a 20 inch fish is insane. I mean, it, it and Ryan can vouch for that too. I mean, it's, it's, you got Terry, you got Brad, uh, Daniel, Ryan himself. I mean, there, there's a whole list of people. Used to, buddy. Used to be in there. <laughs> and, of course, Steve, Steve will sneak up on you real quick. But uh, if, the, if they'll bite that underspin a little bit harder, Steve-O going to win them all. Yeah. But so I, Joe came from the bass boat world. Joe fishes and still does. Joe, Joe fishes a lot of bass boat tournament so i think that's probably one of the bigger things that i mean obviously has knowledge of the lakes but shifting kind of his focus and how much water he covers was it was it the gunnersville tournament last year when you started with us when you just came out and wrecked them uh no it was actually a um the saudi sail creek and possum creek and that was my first one and it was a complete virtual tournament i mean i've fished out of a kayak ever since I was a kid, really, but it had no meaning to it. You know, just going out and fishing. And then once it became a sport, it was a complete different, you know, game changer. And now, with a boat, I started to want to fish all over the lake. And it was just, go here, go there, go here, go there. And it was getting to the point where you don't figure anything out. You don't sit still and figure something out. And that's where a kayak came into play and changed everything. And I've never fished the Gunnersville tournament. That was actually the first time I've ever been on Gunnersville and fell in love with it because you find a spot like that. And I think between me and two of my buddies, we caught over our best five went over 35 pounds. Uh, 
had uh, 30 pounds alone. So, that, I mean, it was insane. And, uh, that, after that, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. Kyle, get, let's shift over to the you, moderators man. moderators muted here, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, that's all right, man. They're over there blowing us up in the DMs. Uh, Kyle, you're kind of pulling double duty, man, because you you know you're the straw that stirs the drink for the club. On top of an angler in the club, uh, you know you guys outsource the judging and a lot of the the running of the tournaments down to Central Arkansas. But mm-hmm. you know, tell us a little bit about your background of of getting into the club and then how how you've kind of grown within it over the last couple of years. Yeah, it was uh, man. You know, when I was <clears throat> in my late 30s, I'm 43 now. When I was you know, 38, 39, I was looking for something to compete in and without it being too hard on the old body, something I didn't have to get in super shape for. And, what do you uh, mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, round, round is fine. Okay. That's right. So, uh, you know, I golfed, I hunted, I did all that kind of stuff. And then one day I stumbled upon a YouTube video and I guess I bought my first kayak in 2017, started with the club in 2018. And just, you know, you can't beat it being outdoors and then competing with all your buddies anyway. So it was, I, uh, I had been close to, um, to competing for an AOY and, you know, I, I had always been right there, like with a couple of events left to go whenever the hot summer showed up <clears throat> and, uh, I was never able to, to really, <laughs> to really capitalize on anything whenever it got hot and then we've had classics and i've always sucked in the classics but this year for whatever reason man it just kind of it just kind of happened and things went my way i mean you know this everybody knows this when you win anything you know you got to make good decisions and you got to know what you're doing but you take some luck i mean that one fish that you know flops off and falls in the net versus out of the net is a you know that's five places sometimes so it takes a lot of luck to do it, but you know, it, it was, everything went right for me this year and I made a lot of good decisions, fish clean for the most part. So it was fun. Yeah. And, it, and it really came down to the last event for an SKA and you were struggling first day of the two day yeah. classic we had, right? I, uh, yeah, I was, so <clears throat> I had the AOI lead. I didn't do very good. The first couple of events, we do your best six out of eight events and um, for the club and the first two events, I got like 10th and 15th. We had, 77 members this year so i got 10th and 15th which wasn't horrible but it wasn't what i needed and then it was like i kind of reeled off a first and a fourth and a third or something like that and so i got up there and i was fine until you start dropping events and then old Dwayne Beatty kind of <laughs> reared his ugly head and uh it is ugly and um and he showed Dang. up yep and he showed up and he actually jumped me in the last even though I was doing fine, he jumped me and was had a had a three spot lead on earth. I, I needed to beat him by three places in our end of the season classic for me to for me to beat him. So I knew I was gonna have to finish top two or three and hope that he got fifth or sixth or seventh or something. So anyway, yeah, day one, uh, I had zero fish at ten o'clock and one fish at one o'clock. And yeah. uh, I I knew that I was unlikely to be in this position often again. So I was like, man, I got to do something. So I moved, pedaled a couple miles to a new spot, just looking for anything different. Found a little stretch, caught five in the last 90 minutes. That was day one. And then day two, had to just go out there and catch a limit and made it happen early on day two. Took some of the pressure off. Caught a big one about one o'clock on day two. So it was... At that point, though, I didn't know for sure, but I had a pretty good idea that that might be able to do it because he didn't have a very good day one. So yeah. it was, yeah. yeah. Did you talk awesome. any trash to him at all? You know what? I didn't because Ooh. I hated that it turned out like this, but <laughs> that dude forgets how old he is sometimes. <laughs> Wait a minute. And um, he, is he is he the one that misspelled that angler on the catch thing or no that was the catch people never mind <laughs> i don't know i don't know about that but i yeah so I, that dude went no joke because we measured it out on the map first day of the classic he's 50 years almost 50 years old not quite 50 he's almost 50 he went 19 and a half miles pedaling 
on the first day of the classic. Jeez. And and he was just looking for upgrades and looking for upgrades. And he said about 17 miles in, his thighs just just cramped up like knots, and he could not even hardly move. And so the second day, I had like an eight inch lead on him after day one, which made it a little easier to stomach, but he he couldn't even get out of bed the next day. So he really? didn't fish day two. Yeah. He no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said he couldn't even move. Like he couldn't do it physically. Couldn't get out there and do it. Have you considered but, uh, allowing motors? So that doesn't happen. We do allow motors. <laughs> we do allow motors. What? Yeah. Dwayne, what's he doing? He's just, he's, he's hey, just tightened up real hard. About nope. Here you watch. You watch twenty twenty three. That dude's gonna be zipping around all over the lakes. Just he, he can go nineteen and a half miles pedaling. He may go thirty eight miles just on a motor. Yeah. But man, he'll he'll have a a raft of batteries behind him, just switching from one I, to the next. Tell you who you guys need to watch out for down there at the TOC this year, and that's gonna be. And I hate to jinx him right now, but Uh-oh. Justin Brewer has won. Each of our last three events, the dude is on a three-peat right now. And so is he in the KFL? No. He is not. Oh no. Okay. I uh I didn't know I if call, that was that announcement you put up, Joe. I called Justin <laughs> as the uh sleeper pick last year, Kyle. And I jinked him last oh, year. Oh, did so. you? You did. So you sure did. Well, so there you go. My bad, Justin. You don't even bother going. <laughs> nah, yeah. that, if that's, you want to go ahead and drop wheel. out, Justin. I need like two more people to jump yeah. in line here. That's in his wheelhouse, though. Shallow power fishing. He's yes, it guy. is. Yes, it is. Um, I wonder what we, the average age for a kayak angler is. You got me thinking, Kyle, with all the old people y'all got in y'all's club. Yeah, yeah. What do I? <laughs> Dude, I was standing at. We had a dinner after the classic was over, and on on Tuesday, and we had it catered. Um, my brother-in-law is one of our sponsors, and he owns a show gun. And so um, he was our classic sponsor, and and uh, you know we had sushi rolls and chicken fried rice and all kinds of stuff, and it was they they did a really nice job, and the top twenty five was there, and I was standing around talking to some people, and I was like, and how old are you? And it was like 26, 28, 21, 20 even. It's like what the hell? I'm old enough to be y'all's dad. I thought we were peers, but I'm like, that's how I feel for every it. event I go to, Kyle. That's how I feel every <laughs> yeah, event. I know. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Joe, we heard Kyle talk about how his deal came down to the last minute. Did Did you have it in the bag, or did yours come down to the last event as well? It was kind of yeah. I mean, if if I didn't, if try it was to... in the bag, just say it. You, it doesn't matter if Lambert's on here. Just say it. No, it wasn't in the bag for sure. It wasn't me that was a threat, but it was not in the bag at the last event. He had to. He had a mark. It was, it was close. I mean, it was good all the way until about the last two tournaments. Um, I really kicked it in gear around March. I want to, I wasn't really planning. I wanted to go more national this year, but it just didn't work out that well. I can't wait till you get that under your belt. That's what I want to see. I want to see Joe Kirk on the national stage. I just, I want to, I want to go for it. This year was not it. And, uh, and then I had only one thing left and that was get the angler of the year. So I went for it. And I did, I mean, I looked every, you know, every tournament. I was like, holy crap, I'm still leading. <laughs> I still have a chance. Yeah. You know, it was fun. I mean, especially getting that and figuring out the smallmouth is a big thing, especially in the kayak world. Yeah, I'm glad you did that. That's great for you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the smallmouth, I mean, really, it, it's awesome for Ryan to find and <laughs> Yeah, I like it when there ain't nobody else in eyesight. That's my favorite way to catch them. <laughs> dumb luck. I was I, I was catching them uh, in a similar area on a different lake and in a boat tournament. And just I wanted to go up, fish it, try it, and it worked. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> Had Joe and Jesse up there. If that ain't going to ruin your day, pull up to the boat <laughs> ramp with Joe and Jesse Halverson. I'm saying. Jesse was pretty mad too because he he went by me. And said, you just catch something, and I was like, "Yeah, it was a catfish." <laughs> going by, I just kept catching them. And then uh, Lambert rode by, and I threw the I put a seventeen up on the board and threw it back. He goes, "You're lying." 
There's nothing more demoralizing than that. When you're over there grinding for fish and you got a fellow competitor you know is just tossing 17s like they're garbage. I was losing. I was losing. I mean, it's not like I was not near fish. I was losing fish in front of Joe and Jesse, just dog cussing, throwing. I mean, that's how the whole year went, but it ain't like they weren't there. We just uh, had different approaches. And heard heard him drop the F-bomb. I mean, (laughs) there it is. I mean, uh, I think Ryan cusses his fish out when he, whether he lands them or not. If I oh yeah, for sure. You're getting the earful when you get in my boat. <laughs> That's no, right. I think we're, we're the biggest play in, and especially, um, I guess you call them the, the fairy wand. Uh, oh, yeah. that, that made a huge difference, you know, especially with a net jig. Uh, I kind of that to, to my liking and, Everywhere I went, I mean, Gunnersville in the grass, fishing it, you know, submerged grass, steel grass, um, here, you know, fishing laydowns and stuff. I think just a smaller presentation this year has made a huge difference. And and that's really what helped me the most with getting those yeah. bigger. Yeah, I'm going to, Kyle, I want you to kind of respond to what he's saying about downsizing over there on those legendary fisheries. I mean, he, they're over there fishing Gunnersville and Chick and all those yeah. lakes. And we got, uh-huh. We got Beaver Lake yeah. and a little sliver of Table Rock, and then whatever yeah. else you can piece together for a schedule. Um, right. But if I if I yes. think I know what your go to bait was, you didn't downsize to a Ned Rig, did you? For the most part, to catch those fish this Me? year. Me? Yeah. No, dude. I throw uh, spinner bait on straight braid. Yes. In Ooh. gin clear water. I'm yeah. telling you. I, I mean, hey, uh, if you guys would like to see me do that, you can feel free to go to Kyle on fishing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shameless plug. At I need five more subscribers to get up to 700, baby. 700 whole subscribers. You'll get at least three from this. So. If you buy hey, a Jackson you know NAR and put a video out every day, I hear that'll get you up there quick. There we go. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, dude, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I just, I throw a spinnerbait a lot and, uh, topwater a lot. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't slow down much. I will say day two, I, I just stumbled right upon a brush pile that was full of like some 13 and 14 inch spotted bass. And I threw a shaky head in there and caught enough to catch a limit, which I know that that sounds foolish to you, you know, Chickamauga guys and TBKA oh, no, guys. I've done it way more than I probably should have. That yeah, sounds telling sensible, you, actually. A 14 inch spotted bass on Beaver Lake on in September. It is, uh, yeah, that that's a hammer. It's worth having for sure. So what's the premise behind the braid and the spinner bait? You know, whenever I was back, whenever I really didn't know anything, I mean, nothing, you know, I didn't know what I, I was understand doing. already. I just <laughs> was like, man, you know what? Why would I, why would I, I'll tell you what it was. I broke one off and it was a big one with like some fluorocarbon. Actually back then, I think I even threw, the stretchy, uh, you know, stretchy stuff, stretchy stuff. My, my, I'm too old to even big think game. monofilament, Berkeley, Berkeley big yeah, mon- just any kind of monofilament. But then I kind of switched and I broke one off and I was like, screw this dude. I'm just going this straight. Never break. happen again. It'll never happen <laughs> Extra again. Heavy straight. Break. I throw 65 pound braid. So it doesn't Whoa. even, I don't even have to mess with it in my reels. And I'm telling you, dude, I've caught, I've got, five or six big bass plaques up here and one big trophy from an all American that won me about 2,500 bucks throwing straight braid on a half ounce accent spinner bait and, uh, in gin clear water, as long as there's some kind of a mud line from wake boats or some waves or something. Yep. That's some. I mean, I agree on moving baits. It's it's probably not that big of a deal, but like fishing around wood and stuff, I've had braid just, I mean, it just, cuts into that wood that that makes me real nervous well we don't i, I don't i just i don't know it's mostly rock here i mean i, I catch it around a little bit of wood but yeah it's uh i don't know why i did that i just did it because i was pissed off because i broke off and i did it and caught a fish and i was like well if it didn't matter to them it didn't matter to me and here we are three or four years later still doing it i will say though it does break your spinner baits in two if you hang them up and really <laughs> really crank on them so you gotta you gotta change spinner baits about once every other event. I was telling Steve this and he didn't believe me, but uh he'll probably hate me for saying it. But oh. we were 
we were fishing here and Gunnersville, and I was frog. A little bit of grass, kind of, kind of spotchy grass, a little bit here and and under laydown and stuff, and popping. Well, my buddy, he, we were both on braid, and I had swapped to copalm, kind of. So it had a little bit of float, but less stretch. And so I started throwing that cold palmer and I was catching five to every of his one. And we were fishing the exact same bank up and down. And I was just wearing them out. It was springtime. And uh, then same thing at Gunnersville when I just won that classic down there last weekend. It was same concept. I, I quit getting bites. You know, once that sun got up and that braid was coming across that water, I had to be. And so I swapped to cold palmer, started catching fish. Now, you, you have to be careful doing that, you know, around certain grass. But they weren't sitting in thick, thick mats where I was catching them. They were in, you know, smaller pods of grass next to the big mats. And my, Yeah, my question on that was, are you, were you actually getting more bites or more hookups? You were getting more bites with the cobalt? Yeah. Frogs, really? it was bad. It was bad with the – but it, it's more of an open water presentation versus – it, right. It's I use a popping frog. That way I can fish it in a faster way, like almost like a whopper plopper or even a buzz bait, but being able to get it in a little bit of grass and not have to sit there, get it all untangled. And it made a huge difference. And of course you're fishing on Gunnersville, no matter where you go, you're going to be around a ton of boats. So changing up a little bit, I think made it made a huge difference too. If I can throw braid, I, if I can get by with throwing braid, straight braid, I will as much as I can. I mean, obviously, I don't throw it cranking or anything, but if I can, I mean, I, you know, whopper ploppers and buzz baits and, and spinner baits and even the little bit of chatter baits that I do throw every now and then. We don't have any grass here, and I know that they don't have to be thrown in the grass, but, but yeah, I mean, I, if I can get away with it, if the water's a little dingy or if there's, you know, some waves or something, I'll do it, but I, I just, and I don't, you know, pull into them either. I try to jerk their teeth off. So, wow. I mean, yeah. So, and it, it, I mean, it works for me. But Do I also, you use the black Sharpie coloring trick at all? <laughs> I don't. I okay. don't know about this trick. Well, you still don't. So, <laughs> yeah, dang it. <laughs> no, you, on your face, you have to draw, you know how NFL players will put uh, blackout yeah. in their eyes. It's just, that's what you have to do. It's put fine. The, you don't have you to put, do it. It's, yeah, you put okay. the ta- the pound test below your eyes. You thirty pound. <laughs> yeah, that's, right that's what you do right there. Um, you like Tim Tebow out there. That's right. It looks like <laughs> Bible three sixteen. So it looks like yes. yeah. Right. The uh, number one in Gunnersville, and this is gonna piss Ryan off, was the slobber knocker. Marty pissed. Really? Off. Oh, yeah. We went with the slobber knocker. We had we had Alex uh, Rudd on here talking about that thing. He said it was the truth, but we thought it was because he was sponsored. We didn't know if it really was. It is yeah. because he sponsored. No. That shit ain't the truth. <laughs> Not by, by I saw Berkeley pros asking for jackhammers, begging for jackhammers in person from myself. I think I got it. So I had a buddy kind of show me the thing using like a almost like a flat worm as a trailer on it. Yeah. Local store around here, Saudi Custom Tackle, I, they had their own homemade uh, or hand-poured flatworms, and it was a white pearlish color. Slap that on there, and I tried the jackhammer, and the, the only problem I, I had with the jackhammer was I couldn't get it shallow enough, at least for the size that I had, and I couldn't get a far enough cap. So I, I used the slobber knocker because it's like, you barely even have to reel it. And it. But it worked out. I tried John. to. <laughs> Sorry, John Allen threw everybody off track. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's like a Beavis and Butthead episode in here. Oh. Uh, continue, Joe. I'm sorry. Sorry about that, Joe. God dang it. Don't put that up there again, Joe. <laughs> but no, it's got its place. And hearing it next to the kayak in the water, it really sounds like a rattle. Really? You know, that much noise. It's probably the axles flying out of it there in the front. You know, for real though, we had Brian Al- Brian uh, Hatlon here one time. I think it was when he won or came in second, whatever that was at Seminole last year or the year before. And he switched to one of the Strike King chatterbaits. And just that difference. What's the name of that the, one? The uh, Thunder Cricket. Thunder, Thunder Cricket. Cricket. Yeah, just yeah, that yeah. different thump and that different noise from everybody else was the key. So maybe it's something like that, you know, just something new and different. 
Normally that's what it is. Especially Sometimes I sing when I'm reeling it back in just to give it a different sound. What's your go-to? Uh, Usher, nice and slow. Oh, I, I sing in seven Spanish angels. That's that's my okay. That's, that's okay. My favorite song. If I'm on the Susky, it's uh, it's Meg the Stallion. That that brings them in. That gets them popping. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah. I'm too old for that. I hit them with a curveball up there. They don't wow. see that coming. Gotcha. Hey, either one of you guys can take this first, but I want you both to answer it. Tell us, just describe if you can, the Alewife grind to get to hmm. that title. Because that's that's ahead, I mean it's a different deal you know going through depending on how many events you have and just that mindset to to get through it and finish it off uh, describe that to us. I would say, uh, first off, is once you really start getting into it, I think what got me the most is seeing that first leaderboard of the AOI, and then you think I have a chance. That was the biggest thing. But at the same time, I'm thinking in the back of my head, is Brad going to start fishing? You know, you have names in each group that you think about, you know, are they going to start fishing or, or are they going to get on their, on their honey hole? And, and that was something in the back of my head. So I knew this year in general, I had to fish something completely different that I've never fished before, including, you know, smallmouth and figuring out Dayton, which is a more shallow water approach, which is where I fished kind of the middle to lower end, which is a lot deeper water. So it's more of a bluff like scenario and that and that just changed up everything same as gunnersville i didn't fish the same stuff that i fished in the past in the earlier tournaments i just went out and found my own thing and ran with it of course the rattle trap tournament that that really threw it high because like well back there i just i walked into this local tackle store and picked up a random rattle trap and it is called pineapple which is like a sip but it's got a lot of yellow to it and I was like, man, that looks good. I tried Raven Red. I tried uh, just a regular sexy shad color. And then I tried the um, gold. And then I tried that. And that was just on fire. Same. But, you know, I think just this year in general was grinding it out, but going somewhere completely different every tournament and figuring it out. And, and really, I didn't have a lot of time to practice either. So I had to do a lot of my homework on my phone. And so using different apps to be able to check your monthly satellite so I can see grass, where it's growing, where it's not growing. Uh, lake levels, obviously, using like a TVA app for us. So we can check our lake levels, see, see if there's a lot of current, if that changes anything. And, of course, by doing that and then, of course, relating that to weather. I've been trying to do that because I haven't been able to practice, do everything on my phone. That way, by the time I go, I have a game. Especially even YouTube, and this goes for a lot of people out there that are getting into it, of course, getting on YouTube and just watching videos that are close to your time of when you're planning on going. Even, whether it be last year, two years ago, even up to eight years ago. And finding that location in that area and comparing that to what you need to do. I, I hate fishing on the spot, just like Ryan and I'm sure you guys are the same way. It's it's more fun. You have success by finding your own stuff. But how can you compare someone else's success? Find their spots and kind of look at it and go, okay, I see what they're doing. They're doing their own thing. Let me go find my own thing. Maybe compare it a little. They're fishing a lot of grass, a lot of bluffs, or uh, rock transitions, whatever it is. I think that made the biggest deal for me this year is just changing it up completely, going my own route. It obviously well, got good. There. I won't have to worry about seeing you next year then, next spring up there. That's good <laughs> to hear. Go find somebody else's. <laughs> Kyle, what about you, man? So I uh, I didn't really start thinking about it too much. I mean, like I said, I started out with a couple of – you know, halfway decent finishes, but nothing that makes you think immediately AOI. But then in the third event, I won it. And it was one of those kind of events where, you know, I had something figured out. I mean, I figured it out like about nine o'clock in the morning. And it was something that nobody else in the area that I was in was doing. And I, I mean, it was, you could call your shot and I wrecked them. Um, and it was, it was a fun day. 
then right after that, I think I got, um, I think I got a fourth in the next event, kind of doing the exact same thing. Got him. Kind of doing the exact same thing. Um, and then I think I got like sixth or seventh in the next event. And at that point, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to see it. Well, then it, you start thinking about it. So it's like, well, crap, you know, it would have been cooler if I didn't have to look at it or think about it or whatever. <laughs> but you see it and you're like, okay, now, you know, how many chances does a guy have to actually, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's probably 25 guys in our club that if you, on any given Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they, if they won, you know, then there's probably about of those 25, I would say there's probably 10 or 12 of them that could legitimately compete for angler of the year, depending on, I think the biggest key is just fishing all the events since we have two drops. I mean, I think that's overwhelmingly the biggest thing for me it, and anybody doing it is just to fish all the events, you know, don't, don't count on one and, and, you know, then Thank go up to zero or something. Yeah. It's it. So, but then I had, you know, I had the, the time of the year that had been my struggle. And I think really, I, like you said, I don't, I hate pre-fishing, terrible at pre-fishing. I don't like pre-fishing. Every time I pre-fish, if I catch a big fish while I'm pre-fishing, I immediately just get angry and don't even want to go back there. Cause I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I, sh I blew that shot. So, <laughs> I mean, I hate it. So I don't, any, ch any chance I get, I don't try to pre-fish unless I just don't know the lake at all. And then I would just assume not take a rod, but you can't do that. I guess you could, but I can't. So anyway, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. I, it was one of those kind of deals where then at that point, you know, you check a lot of depths, you're checking a lot of, you know, current, are they generating, are they not generating on the white river? you know, what's the water temperature and what's the color and all that kind of stuff. And I did a lot of that and then really just grind. I'm talking about make as many casts as you can. Don't be afraid to move. If you need to pedal two miles in the wrong direction to fish one lay down that you remember seeing from earlier in that morning. And now it's one because you might go back there and catch a giant. Go do it. I mean, it was, it was tough because at that point, you know, I actually have a chance and I don't know if I'll ever have another chance at this again. So I'm on, on the first day of our classic, I moved, I moved before I even made a cast before it was even lines in, we could launch at six 15. I'm, I turned around and started pedaling back to the truck at six 35, six 40, <laughs> because I didn't like it. Cause I didn't even think I was like, no, this ain't the deal. It doesn't feel right. So I went yeah. somewhere else 30 minutes like away. It. Yeah. I didn't like it. So I didn't even, I, I got back in my truck and it was like, people were already fishing. And I was like, well, this is a great decision. Good job, idiot. So have you thought about teaching people how to like starting your own YouTube where you just teach people how to not pre-fish or throw straight braid in clear water or anything? You know what? I've had so many people say, why don't you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> I am a clinic. I'm a clinic on what not to do. Like if you, if, if you, like I throw, I'm embarrassed about most of the stuff that I even do. It works for me and I'll catch them, but don't do what I, I throw. I throw my, on my shaky head, which I have a lot of confidence in a shaky head. And I love throwing a shaky head. The thing I hate most about a shaky head is I don't, I like to set the hook a little bit and I hate breaking off fish and I like to throw it in places like you would a jig or something. And we don't have grass. I don't, we don't have any grass at all to speak of in any lake we fish really. So I throw a shaky head around a lot of brush and timber and rocks and stuff, but I throw 25 pound braid to a 15 pound fluorocarbon leader on a shaky head. When you can see 12 feet, I just assume not get a bite if I'm going to set the hook with six pound line and break it off. So I like to, I like to whale on them a little bit and get them in the boat. So that is read every bass magazine. It will tell you that's the wrong thing to do. And for some reason, Hey, I just confidence have always is key, gone man. against the grain. Hey, Com you know what? That's a, my, spinning, a my spinning rods. I'm, I'm running 30 to 40 pound braid with a 15 pound. There you go. We got two AOIs. Force them if I need to do whatever you I need. We got two AOIs going under 10 pound up. liter. I, I mean, yeah. fluorocarbon, it's, it's so transparent. Like 
Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're in some northern super high-pressured fishery that's just super, super clear, that might make a difference. But I think think we really read a lot further into, oh, a fish isn't going to like that. Fish don't give a shit. It's there to eat. Like, that's what fish do. They're there to eat bait. So I don't think think that's going to turn them off. Right. I've heard it's the action, you know, if you have the lighter, the bait, the better action it has and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, if yeah. I throw it in a brush pile and I'm just dobbing it up and down a little bit. <laughs> so, so jerk baits and crank baits are where, where you'll really see that kind of stuff. Like I think if you're dragging right. the bottom or you're throwing like a moving bait or whatever, like that kind of stuff, I don't really, I don't think you're going to see that big of an effect, but you can definitely tell how deep your crank bait will dive or Absolutely. whatever you go with a, a heavier do. line. I do on my on my square bill rod. I throw ten pound fluorocarbon, and and that's that's about I like that. And then I have another one that's a medium heavy that I crank with, and it's got twelve I think on it. Um, but but I on like leaders and stuff. Hell, I just like to get it something big like a rope. Levi said in the comments, every northern guy just threw up a little bit. And you know what? (laughs) I know they think oh up north clear water, but where Kyle fishes, and I'm sure some of where you fish, Joe. It's still clear, deep water, and all and all that same yeah. stuff. So it's not like you're fishing mud holes, right? And and too, like I know a guy that goes up to uh, Lake St. Clair, you know, a lot in in St. Clair, that. and uh, and uh, he catches them like crazy. But he uses white braid, you know. He uses a heavy leader. It doesn't make a difference. Those smallmouth are schooling. It's a it's a big version of a bluegill. I mean, those things are so aggressive. You get around them, and I, I've heard this from an old guy too. You get around smallmouth. It doesn't matter where you are, Tennessee River, anywhere, you'll catch them. And I fish a lot up in Michigan too. And that's the same way as the smallmouth up there. It's just you get in front of their face, they are going to bite. You just have to figure out where they are. Yep. Hard part. Hey, uh, Elizabeth says you're from up north. Where are you from originally? Uh, <laughs> Waukesha, Wisconsin. Okay. All right. If you said Michigan, I was about to boot you out of here if he was a Wolverines Ooh. guy. So hey, I've got a question for the TVKA guys. On your guys' trail, how far do you guys how far do you guys travel to get to an event? Like a normal trail event. How how like mileage wise, hour wise, how far do you guys go? Fifteen minutes. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> Yeah, I mean on average I Say you can do just about you could fish every event in TVKA if you live in in, in our area and probably in a, an hour hour and a half you can get anywhere you need to go. Golly, man! We bounce what around a little. Like sometimes we'll do a Dale Hollow event, which is a couple of hours. Uh, they've done the Rocky Mountain Gene Jensen's little honey hole down there in Georgia, Rocky Mountain PFA. Uh, they they go down there and we we tried that one time. We'll never do that again. But I mean, we try to try to work in like maybe one or two traveling tournaments. But generally speaking, it's Chickamauga or Gunnersville, and we'll try to break it up to like the north end of the lake, south end of the lake. That way, somebody can't just fish their juice all the time. Yeah, and I right. know what Kyle's getting at because we're kind of land not landlocked, probably not the right word, but geographically, we got to yeah. go a long ways to get outside of just doing the same old Beaver Lake, Table Rock. Not as the crow flies. It's not very far. Right. It's just trying to navigate the Ozarks. There's not, there's one bridge, actually two, but one's way south. But there's one bridge across the middle of Beaver Lake. And to get from one side of Beaver Lake to the other, it might take you an hour and 15 minutes just to drive from one side. Like, you know, you could see six or seven miles down there. And to get from driving around, it's an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half. And so Grand is obviously, we don't fish Grand, but, you know, we can just to get to Table Rock, like, the other end of Table Rock, the far east end of Table Rock. I mean, it's two and a half, three hours, but it's only like 110 miles. Right. But it's y'all's club is pretty of... regional, right? Like you're drawing from a a pretty good geography, it's, it's, right? It's Northwest we, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri. Would that be fair? Yeah, yep, I would okay. say that's pretty fair. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Ours is like Chattanooga area. Marshall and Thomason and pro neighbor, maybe Joby Berry from like the Watts bar to Knoxville area. And then we got a few guys from North Georgia that come up and fish with us. But for us, the nearest club is like 45 minutes away in every direction. <laughs> like we have 16 clubs yeah. in Tennessee. So for us, we're not as much a, of a regional trail as, as what you guys are. 
Yeah, our our closest club is Moya. I, well, I, River Valley down in Fort Smith. They're a smaller club, but they have, uh, you know, anywhere from fifteen to thirty that will show up for an event down there. And then Central, which is down there around Conway and Dardanelle, and, and there. And then Moyak is almost more of a. It's almost statewide. I mean, it's like the whole, I guess, hat lower half of Missouri, and then Oklahoma is statewide. But it's just it's it's kind of geographically, I feel like that there's places that we, you know, because there's a lot that the schedule kind of gets, I don't want to say vanilla, but, you know, there's only so many places that you, that people are willing to travel on a June morning when you have to have lines in at 545. Yeah. You know, if you got to get up at 245 just to get there. There's not very I, I live in a different time zone, and Steve-O likes to have first cast at like 4 a.m. <laughs> like, we got to build fires on the bank yes. so you can see where you're casting at. It's crazy. Yep. Use that. Yep. You still use that fluorescent strand monofilm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Joe got to hold the spotlight. We take turns casting. Yeah, stretchy stuff. <laughs> We're sitting there talking hey, on the like, hey, this is ridiculous. I see both like, Allen brothers. <laughs> both Allen brothers are in the comments, and there's a comment from YouTube for them. Let me Let me throw it up here real quick. Oh, boy. So stop watching the stream and find love from uh, 69 mega. Hey, <laughs> whoa, there you go. Are we monetized yeah. yet? Is that why, is that why that followers on there? Jeez. I don't know what's going on over there. That's insane. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. is right. Um, but yeah, good, good stuff, man. I, unbelievable that you guys, you know, made it through the grind, got your AOIs, you know, in the books. Uh, we don't want to keep going too long tonight. Ryan, you got anything else for them before we wrap things up tonight? No, congrats, man. I mean, obviously, Joe, I know how competitive our club is. Huge accomplishment. It's a huge curse. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> Kyle. I'm going to try to do it two in a row. No, I, I, actually, I really want to do uh, – I want to try to go national this year. That's my plan. So. That, that's when stuff gets tricky because then you can't focus Dude, on anything else. Hey, man, hey. I try – national stuff. I, the best national event I ever had was back in 2018, the original TOC. I got like 13th place and cashed a check. And, man, this past year, I thought I was on them in both of the ones I fished at Broken Bow and Dardanelle, both of the practice days. That's why I hate practicing because day, day one of the tournament broke my heart. And I don't even like to catch them during practice, but I caught enough to piss them off and make them leave, I guess. Um, yeah, well done, gentlemen. And, and Kyle, Ryan said he may come up here this winter and fish the uh, fish the hot tub. We'll see. Hey, no, right no that, I, that I actually may do. I'll have to – It will have to work it in conjunction with a duck hunter somewhere, so – yeah, yeah. Bring a Ned rig and like a 10 inch glide bait. Those are the only two <laughs> things that you really need. Just easy, something easy peasy. either gigantic or something really small. Yeah. Easy peasy. Uh, but good stuff, boys. Congrats to both of you. We'll let you slide out of here tonight. Well done. Look forward to seeing what you do next year. Thanks for having us, y'all. Take care. Jeff, yeah. you got to throw that graphic up from, yeah, uh, yeah. from Young Man. Yeah, I'm going to slide them both out of here uh, and make an appeal to the people watching that any other AOIs, we're going to do this some more with some, some AOIs that if you have a club, an AOI that needs to come on here, hit us in the DMs, let us know about it. Cause I think, especially cool. if there's some crazy story to go along with it, we really yeah. like that stuff. Yeah. I think this is cool. I think there's a good start to our AOI series with Kyle and Joe. Good dudes, good fishermen. Uh, but yeah, let's see what, where's that graphic? There it is. All right. Tell us a little hey. bit about that. Uh, young Jack Stenor, he's been doing, uh, this, this kind of charity community outreach tournament. Uh, this is his fifth year. Uh, KBN, we sponsored it last year. I'm probably going to hit you up for that again uh, this year, Jeff. Yes, <laughs> so, so he's he's working on getting the sponsors together right now. He's still uh, working with a couple other sponsors to add them on. Uh, you can see this list of uh, companies right now. They're supporting, of course, Revo's on there. They've jumped in with both feet, you know, in the kayak fishing community this last year. Uh, look forward to see what they're doing. Kayak cushion, uh, Dakota Lithium. You know, these are these are names that we're familiar with. They support everything we do from you know, helping out financially, providing lodging, like they really get behind the community. This is no different. You know, Jackson, this is a hundred percent for charity. So any donations, any, any sponsors that you think would, would love to help Jackson out, you know, let's throw our weight behind it and make some noise out here. There we go. A kid has done, you know, the first time he jumped in doing that is a success and it keeps getting better and better. So hats off to him, man. One of the, one of the good, yeah, ones. buddy. one of the good ones. Uh, what a good show, man. What'd you think of the, the AOI? Uh, I like it. Idea. I like it. It's gonna be good. 
I mean, I, I like hearing different stuff because that shit Kyle was talking about, I never would have thought of in a million years. So it sounds good, <laughs> good to hear real, how other people do it, completely opposite of what I would probably try to do. Yeah, and for real, if y'all go follow, follow Kyle on YouTube, Kyle Long Fishing, he is really good at giving good dialogue while he's fishing, like on the chest mount. He's talking the whole time, so it's good stuff. It's entertaining to, to watch. It's not just, you know, plain, no sound, sounds of birds and you know, high winds in the mic. He's actually giving you some dialogue. So it's pretty and good. And then stuff. a hook set and then a fight of yeah. absolutely nothing happening. And then yeah. you hold the fish up. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, he, that's, that's my good, favorite. Good, good channel over there. So give him a follow. So yeah, we'll get some more AOLs on here. I know people were expecting the new bass leader. We've been pumping it for two weeks, but official contracts and business <laughs> got in the way once again, didn't it? But maybe next week, maybe, maybe next week. Now we're going to go down to Pickwick, obviously this weekend. Jeff's actually coming in town uh, to another national event. I'm going to see him back to back. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we're hoping to learn a lot more about what bass is going. We have some of the representatives that are going to be in town. We want to sit down and talk with them, give them some unsolicited feedback that they may not want to hear. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can steer this thing in the right direction because again, you know, I think if they use the the branding and the reach that they have, that could be huge for us, you know, not quite to get to the classic, but <laughs> I think it could be huge for us as a sport, you know, just getting a lot more eyes, a lot more name recognition out there. Yeah. Yeah. They've got, they've got the the platform, the juice to really blow the top off this thing. If they'll do it right. And I think they're going to, if things fall, like yep. it looks like they're going to fall when we get the the leader on here, whenever it may be next week or the week after whatever, but Amen. Yeah, good stuff. Pick quick week, man. I'll see you there. I hope cross yeah, your fingers. Then. Until then, heal up soon, my friend. Later.